0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So, one of the the funniest things about being a priest is uh, meeting people for the first time who don't know that you are a priest. (laughs) You might be uh, shocked to realize this, but I don't always wear my little clerical collar here and my black shirt and when i don't people don't always know what i do so if i'm getting my hair cut or at a party inevitably the question comes up about what i do for a living and it's a curious process when i tell folks because there's almost always a reaction Sometimes people are intrigued and they ask a whole bunch of questions and sometimes they are taken aback. Horrified is a word that often comes to mind. <laughs> so there was this, this one time I was on vacation with my kids and I was sitting by the side of the swimming pool watching them swim. And the guy next to me, he strikes up a conversation, and, and eventually he got around to telling me what he does for a living. He grew and sold marijuana, illegally. It <laughs> was actually really fascinating. I mean, he had this whole system where he would, he would sell cars, and the cars would be packed with marijuana. It was, um, it was a pretty elaborate system he had. And eventually, my kids called me, and they wanted me to join them in the pool, and so as I was excusing myself, the man said, wait, wait, you didn't tell me what you do. (laughs) And I responded, I'm an Episcopal priest. (laughs) And his face just dropped. (laughs) And as I dove into the pool, I heard him meekly say, I thought you were an electronic repair or something. (laughs) I had that look. I guess. <laughs> this, this question of what do we do is often a very important question in our society. For better or for worse, the question is so important because our identity is often wrapped up in what we do for a living. We make assumptions about people, about who they are, and by what they do. But the questions of who are you or who am I are not really something that can be reduced to a career or even a vocation. The question of who am I is a, is a deeper question. It's deeper than how we pull a paycheck or how we function in society. This question of identity, this, this question of who am I is really a spiritual question question, and a philosophical question, and a theological question. The question sits at the center of our spiritual journey. Who do we know ourselves to be, and what is our place in the universe and in reality? This this question of identity is woven into today's gospel lesson. As it begins, Luke tells us as the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah. John's ministry of baptizing people for the repentance of sins had become so provocative that people had begun to ask, who is this baptizer John? They had begun to to wonder whether John might be the long-expected Messiah. And for his part, John answers their question by stating that they should wait for another, a a stronger one, someone who John's ministry anticipates and announces. And as the scene shifts to Jesus being baptized and, and all of the people being baptized, again this question of identity emerges. For after Jesus is baptized and while he is praying, we are told that the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus and a voice from heaven proclaims, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. If you wanna understand who Jesus is, then, then here is a place to start. Jesus is the beloved son, empowered by the Holy Spirit who fills God with joy. His whole life is a witness to this reality. And in this season of Epiphany, we will reflect on how Jesus reveals to us God's message of love and grace. We will see how God longs to bring wholeness and well-being to all. We will see the power of forgiveness and the power of healing. Jesus is the, the bearer of this message to all people. And indeed, there is more for as the church began to try to understand who Jesus was in the light of his life, death, and resurrection, this pronouncement as, of Jesus as God's Son, empowered by the Spirit, became extremely important. For this account of the baptism of Jesus does not just tell us about Jesus himself, but more than that, about the very life and nature of God. As the the church matures and the church's theological reflection grows, the church comes to understand this dynamic of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be of eternity, and that it has very implications for the very nature of God. If you want to ask the question, who is God? then for Christians, we must look to passages like this, at least in part. But the event of Jesus' baptism is not merely about him, and it's not merely about God. It It is also an answer to the question of our own identities. For when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, all of human nature was blessed and sanctified. God makes God's home with humanity, and indeed in humanity. The New Testament will again and again say that we have been adopted as children of God in the incarnation of Christ. And so too, as the lesson from the book of Acts describes, we have also received the gift of the Holy Spirit. In our baptisms, just as much as in Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descends upon each one of us. And so we too have been empowered as Jesus has. We have received the Spirit so that we might bear the good news of God's love and forgiveness, of God's justice and peace, of God's dream of reconciliation and unity. We have received the Spirit so that we might be heralds of the gospel. And so when the voice declares, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is not just a word to Jesus, but to us all. God says to me, you are my child, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. God says to each of you, you are my child, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is a message for us all and a message for the whole of humanity. Who am I? And who are you? Today's answer is we are God's beloved children. And when we know this, when we internalize this, then this news has profound implications for how we we see and look at ourselves. We can't look at ourselves with reproach and with self-loathing when we believe that we are beloved children of God. And even more, when we internalize this good news, then we can't look at our neighbor or our enemy in the same way either. For they, too, are God's children. They, too, fill God with joy. They, too, are precious in God's sight. And if they are precious to God, then they must be precious to us as well. The message of this day is that we are all beloved children of God and this is news that should cause us to to rejoice and it should challenge us. We are to rejoice because as God's children, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And this news should challenge us because so much of our lives, both personal and communal, fail to fully live into this reality. But here we are, children of God, because what God says to Jesus, God says to us all, you are my children, beloved, with you I am well pleased. Amen.